what have I learned? I've learned that to really be a good leader, you have to you have to be well rested. Without that, you just simply cannot deliver to the same level. Whether that's decision making, whether that's thinking with clarity, whether that's long term strategy, whether that's you know being an empathetic leader, you have to be well rested. That's Anastasia Seabohm, the CEO of Quintessentially, the world's leading lifestyle concierge. I'm your host, Patrick McGuinness, and this is FOMO Sapiens, part of the HBR Presents Network. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the guy who invented the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out. Today, FOMO is an epidemic and is changing us so much that it sort of feels like we're evolving into a new species. But FOMO doesn't have to take over your life. You can find the power to choose what you actually want and the courage to miss out on the rest. I'll show you how right here on FOMO Sapiens. Welcome to FOMO Sapiens, the show where I interview people who are changing the world and ask them how they choose from among the many opportunities and options in their busy lives. Success in business and life comes with its own set of challenges. When you live in a choice-rich environment, you can expend a lot of energy figuring out how to make the most of everything you have at your disposal. In the words of the modern-day philosopher, the notorious B.I.G., Mo money, mo problems. That might sound like a high-class problem, but decision paralysis, what I call FOBO, short for fear of a better option, is pervasive. My guest today is Anastasia Seabohm, and she's an expert at solving exactly that type of problem for some of the world's busiest people. She is the group CEO of Quintessentially, a luxury lifestyle management service with revenues exceeding $100 million and a team of more than 1,000 employees in 60 offices worldwide. She's going to explain how her firm helps people to make the most of their time and money in a world of overwhelming choice. And in the process, she'll give us some tips that we can use to manage our own lives. Welcome to FOMO Sapiens, Anastasia Seabohm. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here in the studio. Uh, So I like to start the show with the same question every time. My question for you today is, what turns you into a FOMO Sapiens? Oh gosh, um, undoubtedly the fear of missing out on meeting interesting people. FOMO MIP, I yes. think that stands for. That's what I Is that, And that happens FOMO to you MIP often, does sapien. it? Um, yep, it does. At least five of the seven days a week, probably. <laughs> okay, well, maybe when you explain to us what you do for a living, it'll all become clear why you have this affliction because you have a pretty interesting job. You meet a lot of really interesting people. You run a company called Quintessentially. What for those who maybe haven't heard of the company, is Quintessentially, what do you guys do? Of course. Um, I am very lucky to run an exciting business. Quintessentially is a luxury lifestyle company. So what we do is offer high-end travel and concierge and lifestyle management services. So at its core, we're looking after busy, super interesting people to organize their time. Um, The business has been built on the premise that time is our most precious commodity. You're based out of the United States. You've got the UK and Europe. You've got Asia. Any other parts of the world? Yep. So with the way the business has grown over the last 19 years has been following the trends, the lifestyle trends. So we have, we'd like to think we've opened up in a lot of key areas. So our core offices are Hong Kong, Dubai, LA, New York, and London. But then we also have Milan and Geneva and Shanghai, Beijing, and everything else in between. And where would uh, somebody be more surprised that you have an office? Do you have any offices in Baku? Countries? You have an office in Azerbaijan. We do. Now that we have a sense of the global scope, tell us about the types of people that would come. Uh, you know, I assume this is 
not something that, you know, it's, it's not cheap. This is a luxury brand. Like what, what is the sort of typical cost for your services and who is your typical client? So the typical client is definitely going back to the premise that time is our most precious commodity is absolutely somebody that is very busy more often than not running a business or at least very senior within a business has a busy social and business life so traveling often may have a family just needs help organizing wherever they may be and whatever it is they're doing and so these are people who are typically that it sounds like they're business owners or people who are entrepreneurs it's not necessarily you know hey my dad or or my mom started a company and i'm the idle rich sitting around no it's absolutely not it's it, it's for people that are doing things that you know most of our members are super ambitious they're on a plane often again it's just maximizing that time it's wanting to leverage our global scope these are people who live in choice rich environments and as we know yeah. choice rich environments create a lot of FOBO, fear of a better option, the inability to choose among all the things you're doing, and they just need help. Yeah, it's two things. So one, that's absolutely, you know, half of our customers that, that just need help. The other half are super curious, just interested individuals. So actually, yes, whilst it's a luxury service, it's not always about going to the best restaurant or staying in the best hotel. A lot of our members are looking for something that's off the beaten path, the hidden gem restaurant, intellectual curiosity. How can they learn more? How can they do more? How can they see? How can they expand if they want to understand more about philanthropy? So Actually, we have a large portion of our member base and it's trending much more in this direction where intellectual curiosity and moving away from kind of buying and purchasing and into being and experiencing is the main driver for a need for a service such as this. It's not just about spending copious amounts of money. Yes. People that are running businesses typically, and you would hope, are shrewd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is applicable to their lifestyle as much as it is to their business. So it's not just about the best thing. Um, that, and that doesn't correlate directly to the most expensive. So I think that's a really important point to make because actually you can get $3 fish tacos that are considered better than a $500 meal. I would agree with that. So Anastasia, I know one of the things that you do as a company is create memorable experiences for your members. So give me a couple examples of what you've done over the years. Oh my gosh, I love these stories. And actually in our monthly internal newsletter, one of my favorite things to do, so I I send it out to our team, um, is regale these stories. Makes for excellent dinner party chat as well. So let me think of my most recent... I'll give you two extremes. I'll give you one kind of really out there, um, kind of more expensive, and then one one more day-to-day-ish special. Um, so we had a member of ours in Europe, and his son, seven-year-old son, you know, really wanted to go away on vacation with his father. And the father came to us saying, I just don't know what to do. I want to do something special. I want to do something different. So we sent them on survival training. And they went on a few days survival training and then we got a helicopter and we staged a desert island drop. So staged this (laughs) desert island, I think it was in Fiji, um, and the father and son had to survive for a couple of days. So the son lost his mind. Father totally chilled and relaxed because obviously he knew it was it. Did you then arrange for counselling for this poor child? (laughs) The child had the best week of his life and the father phoned us and was like you know it was just so special it was so unique and something that will stay with them both forever um so that's kind of one extreme one that i really love because i'm a romantic um a couple of uh, a couple members of ours were celebrating their anniversary and they had gone to berlin and we'd mapped out a route 
for them to you know see some of the city and at different corners and at different points within this route we had strangers handing her flowers and that I just thought you know it wasn't a very expensive um, request by any means but it was so special and it was ongoing and it had you know really real depth and meaning and I really loved loved that one as well that is very romantic wow yes. I'm gonna totally steal that one I want to go back into how you actually deliver this. So you have people who are shrewd, as you've mentioned. You have people who are traveling. They're going around the world. They are connected. They see what their friends are doing. They're definitely, you know, as we talk about the world of FOMO and FOBO, they could have FOMO because they're, they're, they see a lot of things. But at the same time, they're, they, they are demanding that how they're going to dedicate their time and money should deliver value to them. So how do you as an organization figure out, like, say tomorrow I onboard um, – how do you find out how to offer me the best combination of things for me? It's a business that is built on its people. We have a team of a thousand across our 60 offices around the world. Ultimately, it's about a really trusted relationship. So if I am your lifestyle manager, because what we call them and you're a member of ours and I'm phoning you up to remind you it's your mother's birthday and you should probably buy her a present um, or you have a big board meeting coming up and you know should we prearrange your travel and do you have your right suit whatever it is that I'm thinking about to be able to offer you the best service possible I need to be able to garner the real nuances to your lifestyle things that make you tick your price points and importantly how you make decisions as well because often part of the time-saving element is getting you to make helping you in making that decision quickly and firmly and that being the right decision so really it goes back to the people that you know we're very lucky to have around the world looking after our members that inevitably have to be people pleasers and how many members does a typical relationship manager work with it totally varies. So we have different levels of membership um, and the different levels of membership offer different levels of proactivity, precisely that. We, we have some very, very top tier memberships where it's a handful of members to, to one lifestyle manager. So they can really be proactive, embed, work with their assistants. And then we have much more reactive services where people don't require um, the proactivity and they just want to phone in when, when they need things. And that ratio is much larger. And at the more expensive range of mm-hmm. your, your offering, what would somebody sort of pay per year? for for that kind of service so our services range from five thousand through to one hundred fifty thousand. okay so on the top level it's almost like you're hiring what you could have spent on hiring a small team you're 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 working with quintessentially and we have special exactly and the way the business has has developed is actually we have specialist divisions now so travel is a huge passion point so we've we've got quite a substantial um travel team globally and then we have art advisors education advisors real estate advisors so at that very top level it it's about having a team of specialists as opposed to more of the day-to-day at the entry level. Okay, so you are working, again, I'm going to make pretend I'm a client because, okay. you know, someday Absolutely. You know, things go well for me. I'll, I'll be at the 150,000 tier. So I call you up and I say, listen, I want, to, um, I want you to organize my holiday and, I'm, and I want you to help me pick a place and I want you to put together all these ideas and I also want to have some really interesting experiences giving back and meeting people in the community because that's something that, that's important to me as a citizen of the world. And then you go off, you run off, and, and you, you come back to a bunch of different options and you give them to me. I can imagine that some people struggle deciding. 
they, even though you've given them many wonderful choices, they really struggle to commit to anything. You know, they've got the FOBO, as we talked about earlier. So how do you get people across the finish line when they're making these kinds of decisions and, and don't get stuck in sort of in a decision paralysis? It, it, look, it absolutely goes back to to the people side of it, but really understand the emotional reasoning as to as to why the why the member is what is wanting to do this. Um, once we've understood that why, then then we can crack through pretty quickly. We we have very high renewal rates as well. So over time, it's also how it's being presented. You know, is it about value? Are you a member that cares a lot about monetary value? Are you a member that cares hugely about really unique experiences? And you know, from from your history, you're not going to be doing this trip again. It's it's not a trip that you often. Uh, do is is it about spending time with loved ones is it about finding inner peace so really understanding the why and then the way to communicate it those two together get get the members over the finish line pretty quickly it helps that we have 60 offices because often if there is ever any doubt you can speak to somebody in in the local market that can really give you the thorough detail tell you you know what that table's like what the veranda in that hotel is like and i think having that information going back knowledge is power having that information is key to them being able to make a much more informed decision okay and how about when you mess up because as much as you may do everything right i imagine there are times when something goes wrong what do you what do you do my whole mantra, philosophy, but you know, leadership to do with this business, but 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 also you know in, in personal relationships, friends, and so on. It, it's the human element, right? It's a, it's a people business, and we're looking after people. I think so long as you are brutally honest um, and figure out redemption pretty quickly, <laughs> um, most people are understanding. Mistakes will happen. I think if you can explain the mistake and and you're figuring out the best way to redeem that mistake. Nine out of ten people are really, really understanding. We we all mess up sometimes. So, what might you do for the redemption bit of that? Like, what? Um, give me an example. Over deliver. Is that over right? deliver room upgrades. You know, champagne at restaurants. It it depends on the member. I don't. You know, it depends on what would make them feel special. What is it that they want? What has this caused stress? Would a massage be be useful? Um, is it about an experience they're having? You know, so it, it's all about the individual we're dealing with. Tudo bem, meus queridos fomos sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese, and as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. You started in this business right out of university. You've been there for, I guess, about a decade, and now you're the CEO. That's an, an unusual story in the fact that, you know, first of all, that you stayed in a business all the way through and rose to the top in decade. Number two, you're quite young to be a CEO. So, Thank you. and you're, you know, it's just, it's facts. just facts, but you're in a business where you're probably dealing with people who are much older than you, many of your clients, right? How does that work for you as a leader 
do you find that people maybe underestimate you at times? And how do you how do you come across with authority to make sure that people take you you know as seriously as they should? What was amazing? So I was I was running the U.S. business, CEO of the U.S. business, and then eighteen months ago took took the reins for for the global business. Um, so many of our members sent me their favorite business book. I can't tell you. I had you know. Is it called the ten percent entrepreneur? <laughs> that was one of them. Um, <laughs> I think they just saw maybe their younger selves. Uh, you know, if you've been successful, typically you remember your first big gig, right? Um, so a lot of them took me under their wing and, and were very generous with their advice and sending me their favorite business books or giving me tips. And, and I love that because we're all learning. And I think a key to being taken seriously is the ability to really honestly say when you don't know or when you're struggling, or when you need advice. So I think putting ego to one side, if there's a deep desire to learn and there's a deep desire to deliver results, the rest falls into place and people are very willing to help you along the way. And what do you learn from your... How do you choose your mentors and and, and what do you learn from them? How do I choose my mentors? I'm so very lucky with my mentors. Most recently I've learned balance, actually which is something that I didn't have and I'm sure you know many people listening c- can appreciate when you're thrown into a new gig and you want to deliver and you absolutely you know the fear of failure um drives you to to make sure that you're you're delivering results it means that the balance is somewhat offset and I think many of us have found ourselves in that so coming full circle 18 months later in the role actually it's regaining that balance to allow me to become a better leader let me just push push into that a little bit so yes. how much do you travel typically so up until the resetting of you know the balance reset i was on the road about 75 percent of the time more often than not long haul flights and i think i i'm also out it's a very social role um so i'm probably out four or five of the seven nights a week as well so it's been busy right so and that's you know we all have periods where we do this and it's it works for a while, but at some point it can't be sustainable. So what have you learned about balance? You said you kind of had a reset. So I did have a reset. And actually summer 2019 was the reset, kind of looking back, um, closing out the first full financial year always helps. What have I learned? I've learned that to really be a good leader, you have to, you have to be well rested. Without that, you just simply cannot deliver to the same level whether that's decision-making, whether that's thinking with clarity, whether that's long-term strategy, whether that's you know being an empathetic leader, you have to be well-rested. And how do you manage the fact that your business is a 24-hour-a-day business? Like, how do you... There would be a temptation there to just basically be stuck to your phone 24 hours a day. Well, I recently moved the email icon further along the screen. <laughs> so I actually, here's a story for you. I went away some, I went away on vacation this summer and I put my work phone, my, my only phone at the time, on airplane mode. Um, and I had a separate phone so, I, so, so people could still contact me in emergencies. And what I found, even though my phone could not receive email, could not receive text. Um, I just kept clicking on the email icon. It was totally habitual. I just kept clicking on it, kept clicking on it for no reason because emails weren't loading. Suddenly I thought, this is why I'm always checking my email because naturally my hand just goes and clicks on the email icon. So I've moved it along a few screens so I don't just click on it um, straight away, which has really helped because then I can focus on, on a piece of work and then I can dig into my email. So we had a guest on the show called Giancarlo Patoco last season and 
the show actually when he came on we talked about these types of issues and and it was very impactful for me because i did some similar things i took all my social media off of my front page i got rid of all notifications and yes I, i've just done that too and you know what you learn and and i'm curious to what you think about this it's like you sort of think and you by the way you have a thousand people reporting to you i mean this is you have a lot of people who need you but what i've learned um is that Nothing is truly that urgent. And if it is that urgent, somebody will find a way to get to you. Yes. And so therefore, having the mental space to not have to look at every notification can just make you much more powerful than you were before. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it takes discipline. One other thing, and Ariana Huffington, I think, is hugely inspiring, and I've, I've learned a lot from her, um, is is routine and, and meditation. And actually, one thing I've also done to reset is I, my phone is no longer in my room. When Did I you sleep. buy Ariana Huffington's phone bed? I should say yes. I'm going to buy the phone bed right now. It's just I, not in we'll, the bedroom. We'll go. We will phone bed shopping. Phone bed shopping. Phone bed. It's a thing. Phone is no longer in the room and I have a post-it on my mirror that gives me five things to do in the morning before I'm allowed to check my phone. Because the moment I check my phone, you know, adrenaline's going, email's on. We've got a large team in London, so I'm I'm already um, waking up to Hong Kong's working day, London's working day. So I, I need that that list, my five list before the day starts. So I make sure I do those things. I love that. And I and I think, you know, what Ariana Huffington has done, and for those who maybe haven't heard about this, is that she, if uh, if you get to hear her speak sometime, or you, know, you can, I'm sure she talks about it everywhere, uh, she has invented this little bed that you tuck your phone into, it's a charger, and then before you go to bed, you create the routine, the ritual of tucking the, the phone into the bed, and then in the morning you come and get it out, and both of you are ready to start the day. I don't have the phone bed. I like to put my, my phone, it sleeps naked on my kitchen counter, but... Keeping the phone out of the bedroom is, uh, you know, as we've been talking about, I think is a really powerful way to reclaim some space, mm-hmm. kind of mental space for yourself. And it keeps you from picking up that phone in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. Because when you do that, like all the neurons fire off in your head and you basically start your day. And it's, you don't start the day as you've chosen. You are reacting to everything around you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so much of you know, when you're running a business and, and the pace of life and going back to, you know, time, we all have a limited amount of time. Um, we need to reclaim just being more conscious in the things that we're doing. Um, and ultimately, I think it makes a much more positive impact on the bottom line as well. And do you see this trend in your clients? You have your yes. client base, yes. busy people. Like, what are they doing? What I love most about you know our member base is is i can see the trends coming mm. before they before they hit um or just before they hit because our members are on the you know these are really really successful driven individuals um they're pushing themselves they're testing themselves they're wanting to expand so i can really kind of delve into what is the trending with our member base and wellness we saw wellness before you know wellness we've been around for almost 20 years now 19 years we saw wellness before it hit we meaningful experiences the last couple of years much less about possession much more about like meaning real meaningful experiences so dinner party bragging rights as they once were possibly about possession certainly you know about showcasing a little bit more much more about the kind of experiential resume we we now hold. So what's coming next after that? Would you see any breaking trends in your Pausing. People are pausing now, aren't they? We're resetting. We're finding balance. We're being kinder to ourselves. Intellectual curiosity is ever on the rise. I I keep going back to this, but that's because I think people 
And maybe it's because of the digital era, but people really need to be fed um, intellectual stimulation that they can then converse about and converse about in person. So, so much with this, with, with our member base, is going back to being in the room with un- other individuals um, that they can learn from that are similar to them that, that push their... Um, that push their thought processes. So lots of hosting as well. I do lots of hosting, bringing like-minded individuals together around interesting experiences, which actually um, you came along to one of them. Um, and I thought it was, I don't why don't you, you tell me how you felt about, about the experience? So yes, I actually went to an event. Anastasia took me, uh, it was quintessentially uh, brought me to this incredible event, which was really really special at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City because the, the museum is currently under renovation. And so they've had this, this very unusual opportunity to take all the art off the walls and to then the art restoration folks are able to, to look at the paintings and restore those that need restoration and some are just fine. But this is a really important part of, of what museums do. And so we were taken to this laboratory where we got to interact with some of the most famous pieces in the museum. So, for example, Starry Night by, by Van Gogh was there on an easel outside of its frame, and we could go right up and look at it. And and it was similar. There was an Andy Warhol there that was in restoration. There were a bunch of pieces, and it was really, uh, if you like art, it was a very unique uh, experience, and it was intellectually really sort of satisfying too because the head of restoration was there explaining how these things are actually done. And what I loved about it um, and I thought was really special too was we were allowed to take photos but we were requested not to post anything on social media which part of me is sort of like man, you know, this is like the ultimate for Instagram but I love the fact what it did I think it was focus people on the fact that this was, you know, let's, let's stay in the room let's live in the room let's have an experience that's about interacting with the art, not just like trying to find the best pictures so we can put a hashtag on it and then post it up to social media. So that experience really, I mean, if, if that to me was illustrative of, I guess, the things you're talking about, which is like taking a unique opportunity, having an intellectual component and, and doing something really different. Yeah, and I think that was, you know, one of my favorite afternoons all year. And I think what I loved most about that as well is it was an hour and a half. It was after work. It was an hour and a half. It was so fulfilling. And yet it didn't take that much time. And, and I learned so much. One of my other favorite experiences this year, we hosted a members dinner at Disney. So Disney have a very exclusive private members club and they also have what is the home that Walt Disney and his wife had imagined and that has now been built. And it's a five course tasting menu. It's in the heart of Disneyland. Um, So it's an opportunity where you know, adults can bring their children, but also have a real adult experience. And it was magical and it was so special. The food was amazing. You got, you know, the nostalgia together with the incredible culinary experience. Um, It was really unique. So it spans the, the a wide variety of, you know, art restoration with the chief conservator at the MoMA through to Disneyland five course tasting menu. Now, let me ask you a question since you were there. I heard a rumor that Donald Duck and Mickey are no longer friends. Did you see any evidence of that? I didn't, but Tinkerbell did rock up to dinner. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'll show you. She, she appeared. It's <laughs> amazing. So this is the show about finding the power to choose what you actually want and the yes. courage to miss out on the rest. So a lot of people listening today are thinking, this is kind of interesting. They may not yet, you know, sort of um, be at the point in their lives where they want to be quintessentially uh, customers, or they may yes. think this is something I want to do in the future, or uh, or they may be interested. But regardless, if you were to sit down and give them advice on how to make decisions about how they spend their time, energy, and money, what would be your, you know, sort of guidance for them? So I was thinking about this 
I like things that I can remember quite easily. So I would, so for me, it's pausing, it's passions, and it's planning. So you need to be able to pause to take stock, to reflect, to have headspace, to, to think about things. On passions, I think people sometimes forget what they're truly passionate about and what actually brings them joy. And joy doesn't necessarily have to be the most amazing experience. It can be the most calming experience. It can be sitting by yourself. It can be you know, reading an amazing book. So going back to passions, I think it's really digging into what brings you joy and remembering that. Um, so pausing, so you have the headspace, really delving into your passions and then planning. I'm a big planner. I plan everything. Um, I think if you can take some time out and you can plan, it saves you a lot more time later on. You have a busy life and you are thinking through a lot of things right now in terms of, you know, just having that balance. But but you are still the CEO of a, of a, of a pretty you know sizable company. So mm-hmm. as you do all of these things, like what are you missing out on? I have been missing out on sleep, okay. which I've reset. What am I reading? which it's always, I try and maximize, I love, love, love reading and I wish I had more time to, to read more. So I'm probably missing out on that. I want to thank you so much for being here today. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, and I want to ask you, where can our listeners find out more about you and about Quintessentially? So about Quintessentially, they can visit our website, which is www.quintessentially.com or our Instagram, which is Quintessentially. And me, my Instagram actually probably, which is Anastasia, double N dot S. So it's A-N-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-A dot S. And you're posting pictures from all these fun events. I am. I try to. Excellent. I try to. Okay, everybody check it out. Uh, Thanks so much for coming by and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. FOMO. And now it's time for the FOMO moment of the show, which is when I talk about FOMO and its role in pop culture or tell you about something that's giving me FOMO. My very special guest today is Jean-Pierre Ace. Jean-Pierre is a world-renowned photographer who has shot high-profile events like the wedding of Amanda Hearst at the Hearst Castle this past summer. And he often works with party planner Bronson Van Wyck, who appeared on the last season of FOMO Sapiens. In addition, companies ranging from startups to Bloomberg commissioned Jean-Pierre to create unforgettable images to tell their brand stories. Born in Cape Town, he now lives in New York. Jean-Pierre, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to be here. So I want to take advantage of having you here today to get some advice that many of our listeners will find helpful, both in their personal and professional lives. So tell us, we all carry around phones in our pockets every day, iPhones and Androids. So what is the secret to taking a great photo? The lens tells the story. And most of us probably has an iPhone. So what we forget or we don't know is that it's a wide-angle lens. So it's useful in most applications. But once you start doing 
like a headshot and you want a beauty shot where you look your best, maybe it's for your profile on LinkedIn or something, you're going to have distortion if you bring your phone too close. So the tip I always give is step back or let someone take a step back and then take the picture with your face more, more towards the middle of the framing and then just crop it afterwards. The resolution should be good enough for most of your social media and LinkedIn profiles. So basically I'm taking all my photos wrong. The close-up one. Good to know. Okay, this is this is actually going to change the way I take pictures. And I imagine a lot of people who are listening as well take it from farther away, put the face in the middle, crop it. Now, you work a lot with brands and entrepreneurs telling the stories of their brands. So we have a lot of people listening who are launching products or maybe trying to find ways to capture brands on social media. What's the secret to conveying a brand story in photography? I think the secret is the human element. And... That's why I still do private events because I don't want to lose sight of reality, real human emotion, and I try to bring that into my work. So practically what you can do is, let's say you have a product or you're selling a space. Don't just take a picture of the product or a picture of the space. Have people in this space. Have someone using your product. And don't just have a picture of someone holding your product and smiling at the camera. Let them use your product. And chances are you have a few photos that really just show a real moment how this person enjoyed your product. And what's great about that, that translates through the photo and your clients will see themselves using that product. It's such a good point. I look at a lot of websites, hotels, restaurants, and you never see people in the photos and the spaces look cold and it's hard to imagine what it would be like to be there. So this is something that I never really thought about before. It's incredible to me how how that relates to us. Like, it's very hard to describe. You have a picture of a room, then you have the same picture and you put people in, and somehow we just feel the warmth. Thanks a lot, Jean-Pierre, for these tips. Uh, imagine a lot of people listening are going to want to see the kind of work that you do. So where can we see your work? You can find me on Instagram at Jean-Pierre Ace Photography. Okay, so that's a lot. Spell that for us. <laughs> it's J-E-A-N-P-I-E-R-R-E-U-Y-S Photography. Jean-Pierre Ace Photography. That, that's, that's a good South African name for you. <laughs> okay, and what about, do you have a website? I have two websites. So on the private event side, it's Jean-Pierre Creates. So C-R-E-A-T-E-S dot com. And on the business side, it is visualcontentcreation.com. All right, thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. FOMO. Big news. You can now pre-order my upcoming book, Fear of Missing Out, Practical Decision-Making in a World of Overwhelming Choice at patrickmcginnis.com slash FOMOSapiens. While you're there, make sure to download my free gift for you, the FOMO Sapiens Handbook, which is an exclusive guide to spotting and managing FOMO and even turning it into a force for good. And as always, if you have an idea for the FOMO moment of the show, you can reach me on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, or on email at letsconnect at patrickmcginnis.com. FOMO Sapiens is part of the HBR Presents Network. The show is produced by AW360 and recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis. If you like today's show, please be sure to subscribe, rate it, and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at patrickmcginnis.com. You can also take the official FOMO diagnostic at patrickmcginnis.com slash FOMO quiz to find out if you're a FOMO Sapiens. FOMO.